Okay, welcome to another edition of the Culture Class Podcast, a podcast where we get to interact with people from different backgrounds and get to learn about other cultures. Uh, today, all the way from Texas, we have um, Reverend Rance Dunbar, the Chakra Doctor, on the episode today. How are you doing? I'm doing swell, well, and great. Divinely blessed, wonderfully infinite. Attitude of gratitude is my longitude and latitude. I am thankful for all that I have and all that is yet to come. In the name of the great, grand, holy mother and father of all divinity, may they bless you and all that you take a liking to with your podcast. Thank you for having me on. Most definitely, most definitely. And as you guys can tell from that intro, um, we're going to be talking um, a little bit about spirituality today. We'll be talking about um, the Chakra Doctor's belief system, how it helps people, that kind of thing. But before I go into all of that, um, let's talk about uh, your background a little bit. Like, talk to me about, like, I understand you grew up in New Orleans. Uh, how was that like? Like, what era did you grow up in? What was it like growing up for you? Yes, I grew up in, on the New Orleans West Bank. Um, that is west of the Mississippi River. And I had a rough upbringing in New Orleans, you know, from poverty, homelessness, abuse, jail, recidivism, um, no having, you know, low-end jobs, and so on and so forth. It was uh, the natural, it was the natural things that come with poverty and the minds of poverty. And um, yeah, that was my, that was my upbringing. Even, that was my environment, but my upbringing was a righteous upbringing with my mother. My mother um, taught me to re- revere nature and the vine and the spirit. Um, so it was a unique upbringing. Even though I had a rough environment, I had a lot of love in that rough environment, which helped me transcend the rough environment into a place of peace and harmony, tranquility, and spiritual mastery. Nice. Let's let's peel back some of that a little bit. So when you, you mentioned quite a number of things, like these were obviously like very... Um, tumultuous thing for a child to experience you're talking about homelessness abuse recidivism probably in your later years like what started all this what would you say if you if you've traced back the roots when would you say you started to face some of those hardships what what how old were you and what exactly happened the first time yeah so the hardships began at around the age of five years old when i was being abused by my stepfather not sexually abused, but physically abused to the level of broken bones and, you know, having to, having to stay out of school and not um, go to school because of certain injuries and watching him beat on my mother, my, watching my mother be pregnant with his child and he beat her so bad that she miscarried, um, you know, being going fishing with him and not being able to catch fish out on my first time fishing and getting my collarbone broken and you know so it started at it started at an early age at between the age of five and six and then it it, it uh it lessened because my mom got away from him when I was almost making seven years old and we had it good between the seven age and the age of seven and nine and then some kind of weird way he found us again and at the age of nine. Wait, when you say old. she wait, I'm sorry to call you short. When you say she left, did she like move to a different state, a different community? How did she? No, get we, uh, we moved to a we moved to a different city. Uh, we moved to we moved to a different city out of the vicinity, the immediate vicinity from where he stayed or where we stayed with him. But it was still um in on the west bank of New Orleans, and we left in the middle of the night while he was you know out and about doing whatever he did on drugs and alcohol. And this is my stepfather, everybody. So, and then, um, and remember, this is going on and my, my biological father isn't really helping. And so, um, we get away from him and for, for about a 
two-year period. And about two and a half years into that period, he found us again. And at age of nine, going on 10 years old, um, he burned our house down. And wow. literally everything, everything goes up in flames. Everything goes up in smoke. And so this, that that began, again, the trauma of the drama of the five and six begins to replay itself out. And now... Do some divine intervention, I would like to call it. <laughs> he uh, ended up in prison for something that was unrelated to what he did to us. My mother being um, a woman, uh, that a black woman who loved, black, loved her husband, did not call the police on him or did not you know, seek to get him arrested. She decided to let nature, she decided to let the universe, the spirit world deal with her, um, with her problem. And it did. He went to prison. He was out of our life from then. And... Um, then it was a nice smooth time from about 10 years old all the way until about 16 when she um, tragically died when I was 16 years old on Christmas Day. Oh, and that began, that. A journey, that began a journey deeper into the street life and deeper into life without her being my chaperone and being my safety guard and my safety net from doing things that, you know, um, misled young people do and so that was that's a whole nother that's a whole nother ticking story right there so from age of 16 all the way to about 32 years old it was just trying to get out of hell you know trying to stop repeating these habitual poverty-minded hell cycles that i didn't even know at the time were poverty-minded hell cycles until i got educated self-educated to with wealth and health and abundance and the laws of attraction and thinking you know thinking to grow rich and getting my hands on authors who were millionaires and authors who were billionaires or getting my hands on the knowledge that they didn't teach in a public school um i'm a I had to drop out in the ninth grade when my when my mom got sick and she died six months later after I dropped out of the ninth grade and that was um that was just a time in itself and more close depth you know I had a lot of close depth in around me and around my family friends of mine family members things of that nature so it was a real real tough time um after my mother passed until I until I reached the state of enough is enough. I'm going inside of myself. I'm going to the heaven within me and tapping to the God within me so that I can be greater as he that lives in me than he that lives in the world so that I can tap into these proverbs that I'm reading in the Bible and these hadith that I'm reading from the Islamic perspective and these moral principle stories that I'm reading. Um, and that's when life began to change, when I began to take my life into my own hands, stop blaming my circumstances that happened to me for why I am the way I and start owning up to my own things. And when I started owning up to my own crap, then and only then my life began to change. Not a moment sooner, not a moment later. The minute I stopped being a victim of life, that's the minute life started giving me what I needed and wanted from it. Uh, how old were you at this point when you came to that realization? So I came to that realization at around 32 years old, right? I'm in a place where, all right, I thought I had it, but you know when you think you got it and you, you're moving around like you got it, but you really don't? Um, I was in that. I was in that level. You know, I was speaking a lot of. I was speaking a lot of my self, future selves into existence because I wasn't there yet. But I was speaking, and I had the knowledge, and I had the, you know, the the articulation to apply the verbiage. But it was applying it in full, real time, physically with my body. Right, all language is nonverbal, and we we in the black community, um, we suffer from intellectual masturbation, which is speaking all of these godly concepts, speaking all of these philosophical concepts, all of these culturalistic concepts, but none of us are 
putting these concepts into an action, a physical structure that our black people can benefit from. Meaning, you know, I don't know you from a can of paint, but you built something for me, you know, and that is, you know, that's the part where I come in at now, where I build with black men and I build with black women and I build with other ethnicities as well. My business partner is a self-made millionaire from Mumbai, India. So I build with all kind of other ethnicities. And the thing that we all stuck at is humanity. We're stuck in the verbiage and not the action. So I'm definitely into about acting out all of these concepts and cultural, spiritual advance of knowledges and theologies that we argue about or debate over. I'm just ready to see the people who are arguing and debating over them. I'm ready to see those people with physical structures to argue and debate their point instead of just their knowledge from what they read from a book or what they acquired from reading or through other means, you know, just talking, talking, but not walking. Right. Is that a black thing, though, or a human thing? Because, you know, you said, you know, when your mother passed away at 16, all the way till you got to that realization at like around 32-ish, that's a long time. And when people think about, you know, you, you mentioned people blaming other things or their systemic things, which are, is true to an extent. There are systemic things that, you know, hold people back. There's an environment that hold people back. I mean, in your case, just growing up the way you grew up, that kind of like held you back for a few years. But how much of that can we profit to us taking responsibility our actions not even as black just as human beings and the systemic thing like how at what point would you say you know what you're old enough now you need to stop blaming things around you and blame yourself for not taking action to change your situation yeah that came in about 30 years old you know when the things that are repeating from your 20s are happening in your early in your early 30s and you're like wait a minute something i'm doing something wrong um, I, I've always had the ability to self-criticize myself and analyze myself from a critical standpoint. And that always allowed me to do a self-inventory and see what I was doing wrong versus what I was doing right. And even though it might have took me time because I was learning on my own, I'm the only child of my mother and father, and I, I'm literally teaching myself trial and error, trial and error, trial and error to get it right. And the one thing I learned and the one thing I've seen is that, number one, it is a black people thing. Um, when you look at other races in the world today, um, they are they are in control of some type of billion dollar industry and owning it, running it and make them an econ- and then this makes them an economic power in the world today, which also makes that economic power respect, okay? But when you look at the black world, we have all of this knowledge, all of this understanding, and all of this wisdom, but we have no economic structures to show for it. And therefore, we are not respected. Power respects counterpower. If you can't, and remember, if it don't make dollars, then it don't make sense. So if you, if we as a people can't take all of this wealth and abundance and knowledge, we make $1.5 trillion GDP out of this economy every year and we have nothing but things, trinkets, and ideas and topics to show for it, then it is our fault because the Jews don't have that to say. They built with their what they built the uh, little Jew towns and they built little Chinatowns and they got little Arab towns and little Armenian towns and all of these other ethnicities who come over here and pool their resources, pool themselves together despite their differences because a lot. You think every Chinese person believes in the same theology? No, but they do believe in, in the love of progressing Chinese people, right? I know. I know every Arab isn't a Sunni Muslim or a Shiite Muslim or a Sufi Muslim, but they all respect one another. That hey, I'm from Arab descent, and so therefore 
I'm going to stick with my people and make sure that my people succeed. Because in the end, without my people, I am nothing, right? So these are just concepts that um, we as Black people have to get back in tune with in order for us to succeed. I don't care your, I don't care what your religious faith is. That's between you and your higher power. But how is that religious faith that you have benefiting us as a whole with Black people, right? Or is there a physical structure that you built that Black people can say, hey, this person has built this for us, and he didn't want to die. All he wanted was the recognition for what he built for us, or what she built for us, right? So we have to take uh, um, hold ourselves to task as individuals, meaning heal ourselves, eat right, get our minds right, get our emotions right, get our bodies right, and then take that love that we're giving to ourselves and investing into ourselves and investing into our fellow man. First and, first and foremost, the man that looks like you, and then um, second and foremost, the the others who are coming to you for assistance as well. I don't, definitely, it's definitely, I'm calling black people to task for um, being, being accountable for their own actions. Be accountable, being, if, if we're not unified, it's our fault. I'm no, I don't. I don't even believe. In, I don't even believe in the myth of white supremacy. That is a myth. I believe it, but I do believe in the truth of black illusion. The black illusion that the illusion that we think that white is supreme. Um, that that's an illusion. That's an illusion that I feel that a lot of black people believe in, and it keeps us stagnated and it keeps us behind because we think there's a structure called white supremacy that's keeping us back. When it is not white supremacy keeping us back. It is, it is lack of black um, black excellence that is keeping us back. Right, right. I mean, that makes sense. That's one perspective. You know, some people might argue that, you know, uh, that's learned behavior. Because if you go way, way back to, you know, to Egypt and, you know, Ethiopia and all these kingdoms, uh, you know, black people were unified to an extent. So why we're not as unified as other cultures in lifting up our own community is a different story entirely. Um, but let, let's talk about spirituality for a little bit. This word, chakra, I mean, you, you you opine that uh, your business partner is from, from India. And if I have my research done correctly, I guess that word comes from India. Explain to people who haven't heard that word before. What is chakra exactly? And how does that tie into this phenomenon of a chakra doctor? The word chakra is an African of African origin and descent. Um, the key word in the word chakra is Ra. Ra was, is the Egyptian god of the sun. Okay. And Ra is the Egyptian god of the sun. And when you see the sun, the sun is what? Light. And so when you take the word chakra, the chakra means literally a wheel of light, a circle of light, or a sphere of light. I remember when I was going to church and he used to tell me, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Little did I know that that little light of mine that they were talking about, the eastern side of the world, called it chakra. Somebody else is going to call it chi. Somebody else is going to call it life force. Somebody else is going to call it particle and quark. Somebody else is going to call it the hex boson. Somebody else over here is going to call it nirvana, right? And so somebody else is going to call it whatever you like to call the invisible energy force that drives and animates this physical reality, right? And so we all say it and we all liking it unto a light. Everybody has their own way of communicating with it, but we all, in all cultures, the common denominator, well, what we call it and what we can compare it to is light. And so when you look at chakra, you are talking about the kingdom of heaven is within that that is within. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is within. Um, the Bible also tells you that great is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world, he being God, right? Um, I say that ye are God's children of the most high, Psalms 82 and 6. Then Jesus, the Christ himself, refers to man as being God. 
children of, uh, of children of the Most High. And so when you look at the kingdom of heaven is within, and you look at science, and science tells you that the universe, if you want to understand the universe, you got to understand the human body, specifically the human black woman, where all of us or all of us originated from. This is scientific fact. I'm not arguing spirituality because everybody has their own choice in how they communicate with the invisible. But I will get to spiritual fact that none of us can argue, and these spiritual facts play out in our physical existence. For instance, they don't call the earth mother for nothing. Mother Earth. The earth is a celestial goddess, and they call her mother. Then they, wait a minute, when you look, they call the, the earliest term for Africans that you called the earth, we call the universe great mother universe, right? They say mother nature. We name our boat after females. We name our cars after females. Science shows that every embryo in the womb starts its first eight weeks of life off as a female until until the hormones are added if it's going to be um, a male, okay? This is all science, okay? When you look at the fruit, how the fruit are shaped like vaginas, when you look at how everything in life is the intercourse, sex, when if I take a key and put it into the door, that, that key is a phallus, that door is the womb, a.k.a. a vagina, going in and I'm twisting the lock, a.k.a. busting the nut or getting the orgasm, which means what? Opening the door. Everything in life mimic after the X chromosome. This is why they call it X-Men. Men mutated from the X chromosome. Professor X Xavier, oh, my, my ex-boyfriend, ex my ex-girlfriend, Hex, Vex, Plex. You, you, you think about it. You can't have an a XXX movie without the X. When you go in math, X is the most common term used in math. You can't have algebra without X. So we have to follow nature because that's I'm a, I am a student of the most perfect template of science. And the most perfect template of science is nature. There is no more and nature of a template but i guess when you talk about science though nature. like what a lot of people understand as science is kind of like things that have been observed documented can be experimented on and that a theory can be formed on when you're talking about things like energy chakra metaphysics there's a lot of unknown in that and human beings tend to be afraid of things that they don't know hence they don't classify things like that as science so why do you classify something like energy, light, chakra, as science, even though these are like um, things that happen naturally in nature, they cannot for some reason or the other be documented. Or have you seen them be documented in some form where normal people can read them and understand the phenomenon behind something like energy or chakra? Interesting. Yes, yes. In today's, in today's, in today's time, where everyone is making the big mistake and making the grand mistake is that they are not using science with spirituality, fusing science with religion, fusing the metaphysical with the physical completes the puzzle and connects the dots for you. But when you compartmentalize and individualize everything, saying my knowledge is better than your knowledge, mm. my way is better than your way. You Wait, just that's a bar. Sorry to cut you short. So are you is. saying it's kind of like music, right? It's, uh, I don't know, Aerosmith and Run DMC. You take a little bit of rock, take a little bit of hip-hop, fuse it together. It becomes this new thing that is digested by everyone. But people tend to separate in the real world that, oh, my knowledge is better than your, your knowledge. It's all boring from different places to make the world better. That's what you're saying. Well, do you know that the foundation and my whole philosophy and foundation is 
the blending of multiple disciplines, the blending of multiple herbs, the blending of multiple religions, the blending of multiple sciences. I am a hybrid fanatic. There is there is no greater weapon than the weapons that are conjoined and combined into one. This is what the whole this is what the whole concept of the Trinity is. Three into one, right? And so let's analyze let's analyze what is really, really keeping us away from learning. And the thing that is keeping us away from learning is the separation of the different schools of thought. Now, this is this is idiotic. Everybody who is listening to this, if you are an intelligent mind and you are afraid to learn of any knowledge, I don't care where the knowledge comes from. If you're afraid to learn that knowledge because of your preset ideas, your prefixed notions, your prefixed uh, the ways of looking at the world, you are an idiot by all means necessary because in a genius, a one who has wisdom, one who has knowledge and understanding knows for a fact that all is a reflection. And when you understand that reflection, there is nothing separate. It is only the perception of separateness that gives us the ability to learn with the true inquiry. I can't, if everything born, if we were born and everything looked the same, we wouldn't desire to explore these things that look different because everything looks the same. So what is there to explore? But when everything appears, when everything appears as different, because we're all the same, think about it, no matter what's your ethnicity, you have a heart, kidneys, lungs, you have a system that all of us have, that all of us need to operate on this earth, okay? This makes us, and it says it, this says it in physics, 99.5% of all human beings are the same. There's only a 0.5% differential between us. This is an astronomical number. If you are, if you are a person that truly, truly acknowledges an open mind or considers themselves to have an open mind, consider this, we give God this great, great, great power. We say God is omnipresent. We say God is omnipotent. We say God is omniscient. Omnipresent means God is everywhere at once, right? Existing in all, being the all. Omniscient means God is literally knows everything all at once going on at the same time. And then you say omnipotent. That means God is able to penetrate and influence everything all at once. Now, this is the power that we ascribe to the word God, okay? And when it's time to exercise the ramifications of said powers, we apply human thinking, human laws, and human... Because our brain, our brain can't Why? fathom things How that you say- our brain are not built for. Like, we only think with 10% of our brain, so we can't fathom things that we can't understand beyond what that's the capacity a- of our brain uh, has a limit to understand. That's a myth. But that's a myth. Think about this myth. Why? That's a myth. You want to? You want to? You want to know why? Because you can't. Uh, you can't ascribe it all of these powers without knowing what all of these powers mean. You see, the brain, the subconscious, knows what omnipotent means. So when you say God is omnipotent, the subconscious mind says, "Yes, I believe you." All right. This may. This means that you have the right to decide what something means to you. But you also ascribe power beyond that something, your perception. Now here, now here's where the kicker goes. Always apply these things to God because truth and all honesty, we're afraid 
to apply these things to ourselves, you see, because of the responsibility that they carry. So guess what? We're going to give it to a man in the sky. We're going to give it to this guy in the sky. We're going to give it to this statue with this invisible presence in this statue. And we're going to give it to all of these things that we can't see, right? Instead of acknowledging that all of these concepts and all of these powers exist right in front of our face in our everyday human being. And all of the scriptures tells you that the everyday human being possesses God. All, no matter what, no matter what you walk of life you come from, if there's a, and if the spiritual side of that walk of life you come from, ascribe that there is an invisible all what happens, presence inside. What of happens if all seven billion people all on the planet access that though? Like, would it like on one hand, I guess maybe in the first few years, like human civilization would, you know, progress a thousand years or something, because suddenly everyone has access to this uh, God power inside of them. But on another hand, after the first few years go by, like we all turn normal because it wouldn't be abnormal to see someone expressing that because all seven billion people on the planet have it so is it that nature is kind of like having things in order by having some people being enlightened and other people just running the rat race like are is everyone supposed to be able to access this and i'm talking to you as a doctor who's uh helping people kind of like discover that inner energy right like is everyone supposed to have access to this thing mm-hmm. yes Le- yes let's analyze when you look at the tv when you look at the movie superman superman is not from earth and on Superman's planet, everybody got Superman power. Superman, you just another regular joke. Superman is a man-made creation. This is normal. You see? Well, no, remember, no. Superman is a symbology of black man. Let's get that clear. He gets his, he, number one, he gets his light. He gets his energy from the sun, okay? A.K.A. Ra. Who, who invented that? Black people, okay? He also, he also comes from an a distant outer space land. There's tons of evidence that show you that black people have been traveling. Black people and only black people, no other, no other race. They just don't. When I say when I say when, when I say when I say black people, I'm talking about the and what they call the Anunnaki. These the the. Uh, the big giant black, the big giant black cobalt of people that you read about of old, the giants of old. Um, we, the black people on Earth, we can be considered their offspring or their genetic counterparts. Okay, they're gen- yeah, talking about, but we're talking about you know they got TV shows called the originals, and, we, and you see our hieroglyphs and how big and monolithic everything was, our statues and everything was just big, and all of the uh, evidence points to a time where Earth was way more abundant. In oxygen, and they had big creatures like dinosaurs and big, big, big creatures, massive creatures on the face of the planet Earth, and all, and also massive, big, tall humanoid um, black people. Okay, and um, so so when I'm talking about that, let's analyze. Please Google the 1.5 billion year old spaceship that NASA found on the moon. It was a 1.5 year carbon dated billion year old spaceship that NASA supposedly found on the moon, and it was a fossilized black woman with dreads on a 1.5 billion year old spaceship that they supposedly found on the moon. Does any doesn't nobody finds this perplexing that they're finding black people on spaceships? Nobody finds it perplexing that the dog star called the series uh, uh, the constellation series and they right. call it the dog stars right nobody finds that perplexing that 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 particular star correlates to a specific tribe in africa nobody are finding nobody finds it suspicious that black people invented so let's go let, let's uh, let's understand why black people are the culprits let's go black people we invented go look it up everybody black people invented astronomy astrology 
religion, politics, media, education, you name it. Everything that is anything can be found at the source of the mother's land. Two lands. You can find it in two lands. In the motherland and in the land you like to call America. You can find in both places. Identical almost. So much so it was like they were brother and sister. Okay. Now, everything from the stoplight to your toilet seat to was your by a black person. To the, you name it. Was invented by was invented by a black person. Now, it is mathematically impossible for the black people to be inventing all of these things, building all of these things with a spiritual doctrine that says some bigger black folk gave us the knowledge of all of these things, right? That gave us the power to do all of these things. And so much so we built statues to them and we made big gargantuan monolithic structures. Okay, let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If you have this knowledge like about black people, like what is your role as a doctor, like as a as a chakra doctor for the black race? Like what is your purpose? So I educate black, white, Hispanic, and Asian people alike um, at the root of all continents. If I go right now to Australia, so my, as a doctor, number one, all doctors, we are tasked to heal. So I've, I've healed in my tenure over 20,000 people of so-called incurable diseases, everything from HIV. Did you say 20,000 people? You name it. I am the guy ever. Over is there any? People is there any? Uh, I don't want to say documentation, but like uh, these people are out there. They can be interviewed. There are records, medical records that we can check before and after your interaction with you. That kind of thing. Yeah, this is this is been this has been going on until until I incorporated. I incorporated in 2017. I incorporated fully incorporated. So you did some of that before officially getting to document. Give me an example of like one man or woman who approached you with a certain thing and what did you do? When you go on my website, when you go on my website, there's there's video of, you know, testimony, um, testimonial video of people who, who I've healed. So um, videos are one so thing, but are there like the medical records baby. of the disease or problem before they met you? What exactly you did when they met you and the results after that kind of thing? Yeah. So you ask the individual patient that is patient, you know, that that is up to them, up to the patient. The one big common, the one big common thing that I've been running into when it comes to um, releasing such information is that, you know, that uh, that their personal information and things and things of that nature. And believe it or not, you would think most people would be screaming from the rooftop. Hey, did this guy heal me? But do you know that the most I've healed all I've healed tons of black people, their kids and everything. And when it, and only and when I come and say, hey y'all, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm gonna need you. I'm gonna need you to uh, give me a tutorial. Give, give me a testimonial. They'll say the word, hey yeah, I'm gonna give you a testimonial. Shaka, God, thank you. You changed my life. But guess what? When it comes time, hey man, I'm, I'm waiting on your testimonial. Oh but, man, but that's but wait wait wait. Let issues. me see. That's that's very. But when I go to a white person and get that. When I when, when I go to a white person. When I go to a white person, right, and ask them, hey, give me a tutorial. Give me a testimonial. They give it to me. So do you know that? It was the white testimonials and things of that nature and the the other the other ethnicities who I was healing that really uh was able to right, get me to right. convince but, black but that, people that I was doing these things. Um and when right, I right, but when if I you tell that to a normal like 
if for someone to digest that, right? I, I'm, I'm, let me use normal traditional medicine, right? For instance, so there are certain types of cancer that you know there's no cure for, right? But you hear that oh, there's this hospital in Switzerland that has this experimental drug, and you have a, if you have a loved one that's suffering from that type of disease, and you go to that hospital and fly to Switzerland, they say you know what this thing is experimental, you know it's not fully approved, but you have to sign here and sign here, and the only condition is that we'll have to run these experiments publicly and release the results to the scientific community publicly so they understand exactly what it is we're going to do. Like, if that's going to save my family, if that's going oh, to save my family, medical. why will I refrain from giving think a testimonial this. if it's making well, my loved ones stay alive? Listen, you got to think about this, brother. You got you got to think about this. You, you, you're missing one big old thing. You got to rewind the tape. Let's rewind the tape. And let's, talk, and let's talk about the industry you're trying to place faith in. You're placing faith in the industry that's trying to oh, shove that, a vaccine. Uh, 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 let's not, body even, let's not even go to the speak, vaccine. Let's not even talk argue. about the vaccine. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. I am the guy that gives vaccination exemption okay. letters. Are you, are you giving those out for free or are they, do they come at a price? I am the, I, no, they're not. No, they're not. They're not for free because you have to actually do my regimen and, 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 and do my regimen in order so what is your regimen? You have the credentials to do it, right? I have a sign. I have a little. The miracle food? It's the miracle food regimen. I'm the okay. guy. Yeah. When you go on my website, is you can't miss it. It's biggest cup. It is an all natural, holistic healing regimen. And the evidence of the regimen's success is, are the people who say it works. So I'm from an era and I'm from a time where I let the facts and the evidence speak. What? But so the facts and the, the evidence is just speak. testimonials I'm so the only far. Guy other people on the saying internet. that this worked. Well, remember, testimony Testimony can get not you guilty, guilty in court in a rape Not case, without brother. evidence. Talking about like, that? That testimony has to be supported with evidence. Yes. yes. So, you got, so you're trying to tell me, brother, they don't have court cases right now. You're trying to tell me they don't have court cases right now with people behind bars. And those people that are behind bars, the thing that completely put them behind bars was the eyewitness testimony. Uh, You're trying to tell me that. that I would say right I would say there are cases that eyewitness testimonies have contributed largely to the decision, but there has to be at least a little bit of supporting evidence. If someone oh. said... There so, if, someone said, if someone there, said they, they saw you murdering a man at 4 p.m. and you say, I saw him murdering a man at 4 p.m. because at 4 p.m. I'm always on this street walking to work and I've done that for the last five years. And this day I was there walking to work at 4 p.m. and it's documented that I always clock in at 4 p.m. and that's why I saw him because my window was adjacent where the car, where the person got shot was. That's evidence, not just saying, oh, you saw him walk at 4 p.m. Okay, how? Why were you there at 4 p.m.? From what window do you see the person. So you're trying to tell me throughout this whole up. Right. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's right, back right. up, brother. Time out. Wait a minute, brother. Time out. There are plenty of evidence, right? There are plenty of evidence right now in the American justice system where black True. people have been Agreed. thrown behind bars Agreed. solely Agreed. on eyewitness I'm, testimony. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm what saying... are you talking about? Right. So wait right, a minute, right. brother. Wait a minute. Wait. So wait a minute. Wait a minute, brother. Wait a minute, brother. I'm speaking on facts. I'm telling you that, yo, this system that you are trying I'm, I'm, to I want to say I'm trying to uphold it. I'm just name. having like an education. Yes, you are. You're arguing for you're arguing for the very system that no, literally No, it, it's an educational discussion. You're right presenting me speak. with certain things about your career and I'm trying to I'm, and the, edu and the education and, I'm, and your, I'm trying to, and your I'm foundation trying to make for the education that you're some of those things. Like, I'm not just going to, uh, you know, like for the benefit of arguments, like I'm, I'm trying to ask you certain questions so that you can explain further to get our guests to understand better. 
So, so let me explain further. I apologize. Without you cutting me off, let me explain further then. Before you try to interject your next question, let me explain further then if this is a true education conversation. All right. So, number one, the person you're talking to right now does not condone, does not adhere to, nor do I believe in any American medical industry concept. Let's get that one thing clear. Why? Because the very cancers that you guys claim that you are getting money for and doing research, I healed them for a living. I make $25,000 a month and 45% of my customer base are return customers. I don't need no goddamn on all of those things that people say you need. No, all you need is, is a great, great, wonderful product. And that product works. Guess what happens? The numbers don't lie. So let's analyze numbers. Chakra Doc, the natural holistic healer, has been in business since 2015. In 2021, that's six, that's six years of business. Oh, you, of you incorporated in 2017, doing, right? Convincing, knocking on. I incorporated in 2017, but I was doing business before the incorporation because you got to start somewhere. You can't just incorporate out of nowhere. So in order to get trademarked, in order to get licensed, in order to get sanctioned, you still got to operate as a business before you ever become a business. So I put in two years of operating as a business before I ever incorporated into a business. And this is how I was able to get licensed and trademarked for the first black man to create his own yoga. Let's talk about that first. First black man, African-American, I got my own yoga. The own, there's, do you know that there's nobody alive that created the genre of yoga? Any yoga that is being practiced today, it is a people who made it of ancient times. Right now in modern day time, I got my own FCA yoga. yoga. I mean, FCA some people yoga. might argue, I mean, I'm talking, talking about black people specifically, some people might argue that Bikram created uh, some, some yoga popular, popular in the United States. That people play what what popular yoga that is that is that is very Bikram, modern Bikram, right now. Bikram what yoga, what the guy who went to prison or something, right? Bik, right. Bikram, Bikram yoga. Yeah, I think it was I've in California in like the early nineties or something. Does it? Does it? Does it? Does uh, I mean, he's not. He I, don't, I don't know if he's around he today, but he was popular like, like in the early nineties, late nineties, something like that. But he was later accused of all this uh, sexual. No, I'm, uh, saying, I'm saying alive. I'm talking about people. He might I'm, be I'm, alive, I'm, but he might I'm be in jail. I'm not sure, today. but or maybe deported back to India. I don't know, but he was uh, this Indian guy popular in like the California region. Oh, you got to prove. Yeah, you, you can't. If you don't know, you can't. You can't speak on it, man. I, I'm talking about what I built for myself. I'm not speaking on no Indian man I don't know. I'm speaking on a black man that I live, me, myself. You see, this, 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 is, this is how I'm able to talk to millionaires and billionaires, brother. This is why my business partners are self-made multi-millionaire from Mumbai. Because I understand what real currency is. And currency has been and always will be energy, people, and what we are able to accomplish as a whole, not as an individual. So... When you're talking about me, number one, I invented my own yoga. This is how I became the chakra doc. Number two, with that incorpor with, with that incorporation of my FCA Inc. chakra doctor, and remember, that's for free. You can go on my website and people can listen to that for free. Literally, the guided meditation, the, the thing that built me into who I am and changed my took my whole life around. That is called what, FCA what does FCA stand for? Free for anybody who wants to try it out. And it got it. Full, full chakra, chakra activation. activation. I repeat, full. 
full chakra activation. And that is when all of your chakras are simultaneously vibrating and you can physically feel them overwhelmingly from head to toe as an overwhelming rush of electrical magnetic energy. We are about to put this under the microscope so that we can show you what the right brain is doing under FCA yoga, what the left brain is doing under FCA yoga, what your what the skin what, what your skin cells are doing, what your blood cells are doing. We're but guess what? That costs tons of money and that I'm building up to do, to do the experiments that you're talking about. Because guess what? American medical industry is not about to help me do that experiment, brother. I am an African-American who does ninth grade dropout. Huh? But I'm a genius, Doogie Hauser. School never was for me. I already knew school are for slaves. Every rich person I know teaches their child that school is for slaves. So please do not brag about school when all the rich people I know homeschool their children. I homeschool mine. I had a free birth of mine. My child don't even have a birth certificate or a social security card because I know the game and she's legal and she can always be this way. So please understand the level of knowledge and wisdom and understanding I'm coming from, brother. I'm I'm really not, you know, I'm 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 really. I, I understand. I, I, I understand it, and I I respect like it. Um, and I know we're how kind of like, like you know, um, kind of like half heading to the end of the interview, the next ten minutes or so. But what do you say to people who say, like, if we look at historical figures, right? Historical spiritual figures, whether that's you know um, the Prophet Muhammad or Jesus or different people, um, historically, um, religion at least. To a large extent, maybe not 100% religion and capitalism or profiting from religion don't really go together. So what would you say to people who say, oh, you know, you have these uh, cards or programs or, or healings, you know, you're selling based off the knowledge you have about chakra, that would that taint your intent to bring true light to the world if there's a profit motive to it? What, what do you say to those people? So first and foremost, First and foremost, first and foremost, I would like to say to those people, that type of thinking is a poverty-minded lack of abundance. When, when, you, when you are in Rome, you do as Romans do. Last time I checked out, oh, yeah, you're, 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 you're not getting America. your daughter's social security card in, in America. In, yes, because America is a corporation. I don't, she, don't, she, doesn't, she doesn't need a social security card and she doesn't need a birth certificate. That, just, that is for her. That is for taxing purposes and all of that. That's saying she's going to work for Uncle Sam. She ain't got to work for Uncle Sam. She could work for me. I am the corporation that owns my daughter. See how that go? Not the United States, my corporation. See, I am a walking, I am a walking entity of corporate status. You see? I'm an INT, but people don't understand law. So I got to bring it back to let's, uh, let's just bring it to that part. So when you're talking about the land and the rules of the land that you're in, the Bible says when in the, not the Bible says, but the saying goes, the proverb goes, when in Rome, you do as Romans do. Well, let's analyze the land that we live in. And that, uh, the alphabet that we use is called the Roman alphabet. Okay, go look it up. The alphabet that we use is Roman and the numbers that we use are Hindu Arabic. So let's analyze that when you're talking about this land, this land is a land of capitalistic government. Right. Aren't you supposed to be above the fray, though, like operate so, beyond uh, the human system? Mm-hmm. Well, remember, when you are above the fray, when you are above the fray, you are able to extract from the physical reality what is needed. Ah, to use the system against the itself kind of thing. Always remember, of course, well, think about it. If the system is oppressing you, Kung Fu teaches how you can depress oppression, okay? We don't have to be oppressed. We don't have to be oppressed. We, we can choose a different reality while we're in this bubble we call 
you know, um, hell of the United States, or they're trying to do this and they're trying to do that. Yeah, granted that the government is trying to do this and they're trying to do this and all of these things and all the conspiracy theories combined, let's say all of them combined with truth. What does that have to do with you improving how you treat yourself? You improving how you think about I mean, yourself. doing it for yourself. When you do these do, doing things, it for yourself is, is okay, attract. but doing it for other people and well, remember, know. people, but people don't know what money is. I'm about to get to the part where people don't know what money is. So you were talking about money, and I keep telling people that cash and dollars and things in the bank aren't money. Cash and dollars and things in the bank are just a medium of exchange that people use to express their current. When you go real money, but when you go around the globe, you'll find out real money is people. People. Do you know this? It took a person to create that dollar. Here. So what, what, what you're a saying is that people that create value at. and a money is just a measurement of value. That's what you're saying. That's it. So when you, you're my my whole thing about money, I teach a whole different concept about money. And money is how happy are you when you wake up in the morning? How happy are you when you go to bed at night? How well did you treat yourself and your fellow man? How well did you love yourself and your fellow man? How are you walking with you talk? Or are you just talking it just for the sake of talking? See, these are the things that measures true wealth because wealth is health. How healthy are you? How long are you going to live? Life expectancy is in the 70s on this little planet. So what about people who are planning to live into their hundreds? What are just you doing to make sure that that What's your take on about? Bitcoin and the whole blockchain See? thing? So, do you think it's a welcome development for the advancement of human beings? Or do you think it's, a, uh, it's just another uh, flash in the pan or something? It's a, no, it's a, I always tell, look, let's look at the track record of all of these inventions of investments. Look at all of the things that they've, they've come and they've gone. Those of us who know how to, you know, those of us who want to spend the time to navigate that realm, there is money in these crypto things. But that doesn't mean these crypto things are meant to last forever. There's, there's you know, I call it get-rich-quick things. These are get-rich-quick schemes, which still will not satisfy you overall spiritually because it is still a physical construct used to satisfy a physical thing in your life. So no matter, you know, I always tell people when you're investing in these things, please do your research. Please do your exercise because it's just a game. It's a game that it's a game that another that's a game that a man invented for other men to play. So whoever invented Bitcoin, they invented it. They invented a game that was so well that others decided to play it. Now, what will be your what, game what that value you invented? Will you or what will be the game the that you play? So I, I guess that's kind of like answering my original question that you are creating. You you feel like you're creating enough value out there that you you don't see anything wrong with being compensated for it. Is that what it is? Well, remember, energy flows where attention goes, and there's a law called karma. Whatever you give to the grid, the grid gives it back to you. You don't really have to look for anything back. If you are doing right by yourself, if you are loving yourself and loving your fellow man, the universe recognizes that love and gives it back to you. You don't have to search for it. All you have, all you have to do is let it come in your lap. So FCA yoga is a yoga of stillness. I am a big fan of minimal movement getting more done rather than maximum movement getting less done we move around a lot but we don't get a lot done because we move around so much but when you look at the trees the trees are the most strongest beings on the face of the planet they we need their oxygen they are stationary their roots so it's a lot of activity without productivity right the right pretty much well no it's no remember it's a, a, a lot of activity, really, you, you want to be technical, a lot of activity really quells or stagnates productivity. When 
when things have a chance to become still, things have a chance to grow because that's what it takes in order for something to grow. Incubation. There's incubation periods that we don't allow ourselves to go through in order to get certain masteries in life. Like we want to master Bitcoin, but how many years have you spent into Bitcoin? In how have, how many years have you spent in the Bitcoin cocoon learning Bitcoin before you ever wanted something back from Bitcoin? How many how how much time have you put into the grid before you want something back from it? Because everybody wants something, right? But how many people are want to reap what they did not so. wanting anything in return? This is the key. Right. So this is the key to riches. The key to riches is being able to give without wanting anything back in return because you're giving from a place of abundance. I already have what I need. I already have what I want, even though I might not be where I want to be or even though I might not have everything I might want to have. I'm satisfied with the process that I'm going through to get there. I am grateful for everything that I got because it could be worse than this. I've been through worse. So we focus on the past and we focus on why things didn't happen, but we're, we're always forgetting about all the great things that are going on good for us. When we focus on the things that are going on good for us, you'll see that that's the ultimate money. The ultimate money is being able to gauge a high level of happiness and vibration and peace and harmony, love, contentment, desire, faith, sex, romance, enthusiasm, hope. If you don't have these things flooding your life, you're broke. You're poor. How, how, many, how many people do have, because how many field people do we have on this earth, though, that truly have all those things? Their family, their health, uh, they're happy, they're financially stable, they can affect others positively, and things like that. Like, do you think there's a, there's a perfect, I don't want to say perfect human being, but do you think there's a, there, there, is, your, is your life perfect? Let me ask you that. Do you consider your life to be perfect? So, yes, I consider my life to be very perfect because I know what perfection is. Perfection is being able to accept imperfection. And we don't understand that imperfection is a part of reaching perfection because nothing comes overnight. Let's analyze nature. When you put a seed into the ground and you put an apple seed into the ground, how long will it take before that Mm, apple gives you your first apple? Years. Three to five years, depending on what kind of apple and terrain that you're growing the tree in. Now, think about what is going on while those three to five years are passing. <laughs> what are you doing to make sure that this tree grows to the three to five year fruitful period? We don't give ourselves that three to five year plan. I ask most people, what's your plan for the next three to five years? And give me detail. Year one, year two, year three, year four, year five. Go. And they be like, uh, and they generalize it. They're ambiguous. Oh, well, I want to have my own house. But you ain't got a definite date. You ain't got a definite time. You ain't got a definite plan on how you're going to get the house. Oh, I want my kids and my this to be happy. And I want everybody in my family to be well off because I'm doing this particular talent. But you don't got no who, what, when, where, how, or why you're going right, to accomplish right. this. You're just, you're just dreaming. And so I, I always encourage people as a doctor, number one, while I'm healing them, that let's start thinking about what are you going to do after you're healed, right? After we heal this big incurable disease that you thought couldn't be healed, what are you going to do after? Because I'm letting you know this now guaranteed. And every sponsor that, and everybody who I sponsor, everybody who I, um, who endorsed me, I always ask them this one question. Has anybody ever come back to you with a complaint about me or my brand? And do you know all of them unanimously say, no, nobody ever comes back to us with a complaint? Because when you call this brand, you can talk to the CEO. 
You, this is not a brand where you're going to call and get a recording. No, I am a personable person. I am people person. And I got to be in the trenches in order to make things successful because I believe if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Now, what are you guys doing for yourself? And how is it affecting those around you? This is going to determine whether you're valuable in society because you're talking about value. The value, your value is this. How happy are you? And then after how happy are you, how many people can right. you naturally make happy just because now, I guess that, that, in their life? Yeah, that, that makes sense. And, you know, we've been, we've been at it for about an hour or so. But l- let's do this. Let's do this. This has been a very interesting conversation. I'd like to continue the conversation. Would you be willing? We can choose a topic, maybe the COVID vaccine, uh, financial literacy. Maybe let's stick to science. Maybe something around the COVID vaccine or maybe your healing processes. Can I get a doctor or a scientist on the podcast and we have a three-way conversation i'll moderate and there's a doctor of sciences uh, and you and we talk about a specific topic that can be determined and maybe you know making a specific that can you know uh make our listeners better understand your point of views and that can make our listeners also understand why you debunk some of these scientific practices is that something you'd be willing to do yes sir i'm very, very much willing to do. All right. All right. So we'll set it up uh, immediately after this. But um, I want to thank you very much for giving us, you know, a glimpse to, you know, your wealth of knowledge and everything it is that you do. Uh, before we wrap up the interview, is there anything you want to say to the people? Do you want to drop your website or social media? Do you want to continue this conversation privately? Uh, you kind of like have the floor. Yes. So I would like to let everybody out there know just um, Google Chakra Doctor. And you'll be able to find me, um, C-H-A-K-R-A, one word, and then D-O-C-T-O-R, Chakra Doctor. And I just want to let everybody know that no matter what you're going through, there is a way out. No matter what you're doing in life, you can always do better. Always remember that the time that you invest in you will be the most important time in your life because there's nobody in this world that is more important than you. This is your life. You are the only one that can take control of it. And once you do that, now you're talking. Until you do that, until you do that, you'll only be talking. But once you do that, you're going to be walking. And that's the only thing that that is the only thing that is demanded of you on this journey. That's why it's a journey. You have to walk it. And once you start walking it, though, man, you're well on your way. So just be about it and stop talking about it. Get out of the victim mentality. You only get in. You only get out what you put into it. And energy flows where attention goes. So watch what you're paying attention to because people are the only people that can pay attention. This is why time is money because people are the only people who can spend time. See, time is money, but we keep thinking about cash and dollars. No, what you spend your time on will determine who your God is. What you spend your time on will determine how wealthy you will truly be or how poor you will truly be. Facts. Well said. Well said. And, you know, um, I appreciate our conversation a lot because even though there are some things I haven't really been convinced about, that there are definitely a lot of things I agree with you about. And that's what it's all about, like in having an educated argument, like, you know, there is, it's especially in the world we live in now, it's always, you know, red versus blue, left versus right, things like that. I think the world can be better if we just, you know, operate from a place of commonality. But um, thank you, Shakra Doctor, for coming on the Cultural Class Podcast. We will set up that uh, discussion, that three-way discussion sometime within the next week or two. I'll reach out to some of my scientists or doctor friends and see who's interested. Uh, but till next time, you guys can follow Culture Class Podcast on all social media as well. Check us out at, at culturalclasspodcast.com. And until next episode, be well.